All in the Game with Neil Atkinson and David Downey. Everything and anything football. It's All in the Game on City Talk 105.9. There ain't no Dave Downey. It's Neil Atkinson and John Gibbons. Uh, next couple of weeks, uh, Dave's away. He's in New York. Oh, is he? Isn't that nice? That's, that is good. Oh, good for him. I, I hope he's having a lovely time. I bet you he's having a fantastic time. Uh, <laughs> Dave Downey in New York City. Uh, seeing the sights, walking the streets, you know, doing the business. Am I here next week then as well? Is that your way of telling me? Or is, or, is it, or is it depend how I get on? Am I like, am I like, am I like Glenn Johnson? <laughs> You're like Glenn Johnson. See how I go. I'm not going to come crawling either. Uh, you're not going to come crawling? <laughs> no. Oh, I'd love to, uh, but, but you might lash a diving head in with five to go. <laughs> um, this is all in the game, then Neil Atkinson and uh, and John Gibbons. What we're going to do is we're going to speak to Steve Armstrong uh, from United We Stand in part one. We're going to speak to Martin Cloak in part two, who supports Tottenham Hotspur. And what we're doing is we're getting the, taking the temperature of people's, uh, of, of, of the Liverpool and Everton rivals for what is almost certainly now whether we like it or not going to be third and fourth rather than being first, second, third or fourth um, so we've got Steve on the line first and foremost who's uh, he's actually representing United We Stand at the Football Supporters Federation Awards tonight Steve and good luck with that 25 years of United We Stand and you're, you're mostly all still standing today I am um, I am representing United We Stand, but I can't say I've kept my dignity while I've been doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, as long as you I do, for, as long as you do for the next ten minutes, mate. All right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just trying not to swear. I'll tell you what happened once. I is the guy came on the radio and said, "Right, you're going to be speaking to uh, you're going to be speaking to Neil and John." And then I was sitting there thinking, "Right, get yourself straight, compose yourself." And then that trailer came on saying, "Right, you're on with Neil and Dave Downey," and I'm thinking. Oh my lord! What have I just heard? <laughs> it's, it's, it is. I mean, ultimately, I, I, am I being unfair, Steve? If I say that the the approach United we stand have taken to the football football supporter federation awards tonight is the, the the approach that a gang of lads who haven't had a European away this season would take. How many? How mob? How mob handed are you? We've we've got a right good tasty firm down here. <laughs> yeah. No, there's uh, there's eleven of us come down here. Jesus. Which, uh, when did you start drinking, or have yeah. you just not stopped? Since um, Saturday, no, we, 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 we took it easy. We, we obviously, you know, we've got to respect, you know, the fact that, you know, it's the Football Supporters Federation. It's a superb venue at the uh, Renaissance Hotel. So we took it easy and started drinking at midday. <laughs> it's, um, so we're, we're very much, we're, we're a high wire act here as we ask you about Saturday. Uh, I saw the highlight, the extended highlights of Saturday, actually, Steve. And I've got to say it. it Whilst Hull weren't great, I thought it was the most complete performance I've seen from United this season. Yeah, it's still, you know, it's still Hull. They just haven't won. You know, they've not beat anyone for ages, and it was, you know, a reasonably makeshift United side. We, you know, with a couple of people coming back, it was an alright win. But you know, I, I wouldn't get too out of our pram about it. And you know what? I'd even go as far as to say I thought there was a lot of giddiness about the Arsenal result, which. Admittedly, on paper, a two-one away, a two-two-one two, away win at Arsenal is a fantastic result. But you know, when you actually look at it, we got away with absolute murder with that performance. We didn't play particularly well. We did all right on the counter attack. Arsenal were by far the better side, and you know, I still think that that just showed how far behind United are from ultimately what is the best three or four, you know, uh, teams in the country. So you know, I think the results have gone well. 
which will be confidence. But um, at this stage you know, of the season, though, Steve, we're some way away. But I bet, well, I'd say it's at this stage of the season, though, Steve, you know, when no one's looking good, when Arsenal themselves aren't looking great, when Liverpool really haven't got going, when Everton haven't really got going, when Spurs haven't really got going, you know, when only really, you know, Chelsea have got going, even City haven't looked haven't looked anywhere near what they should look like as champions. When you add all that in, at the minute, all that matters is results, isn't it? I mean, that's what I'd say. United, they've, they've got goals in them. They're putting the points on the board. They've got themselves into fourth place. They haven't been great, but then, you know, who has? Well, I think United, it's like, uh, I was saying to someone the other day, in fact, I might have been saying it to somebody this afternoon who probably didn't want to listen to me. It was like, um, it's like a stray cat that's just pitched up at your back door. All of a sudden, United have just ended up sat there staring at you in fourth place, right? And you're thinking, right, where's this come from? Who owns it? Who does it belong to? And all of a sudden, it's just there. Yeah. And it's been fed once or twice, and now there it is, and it looks like it's not going to go away, so... I think that's where we're at at the minute with it. But um, I think I said when um, Chris Walsh asked me to do a piece for the Echo before the Everton game, and um, I think the thing that I said in there that I think resonated um, quite a lot was, um, you know, was the fact that United didn't look, you know, the, the whole top outside of Chelsea and City, so I still think, unfortunately, much to my absolute disgust, that City aren't going to go away. And I still no. think when it comes to the end of it, City will get that act together and, and, and challenge Chelsea because they will have their... You know, as everybody does, they'll have their wobble. The, the sort of five or six teams below that, none of them just look very, very well. And I think I said in that article that um, United looked like the ones who were going to get better quicker than anyone else. And I think that's starting to be proven to be the case. Uh, John, that's, that's that's the concern, isn't it? They've got themselves. They've, United, have, have, from our point of view, that's the concern. From a Merseyside point of view, they've hoisted themselves into fourth. They're there, and you you don't see. You know, they've, they've, they've got the goals in them. You don't see them giving it away easily at this stage. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Steve. I don't think they were particularly good against Arsenal either. But I think I think they'll they'll win. They'll now win their holes at home, and they'll probably go to to the likes of Hull and win there as well. And I think they'll they look they look the best equipped United at picking up the points that they should do compared to kind of everyone else who's around them. You know, us, you still don't really fancy us going to Leicester. And then if we don't get a result there, then Sunderland gets a bit nervy when you see how they defended against against um, against Chelsea at the weekend. So for us, it, it kind of, you know... And, and the key difference is they've got goals. Yeah, they, yeah they've, got, they've got strikers, they've got firepower, and that does paper over a lot of cracks and it does kind of, you know, help you win football matches, especially against, you know, the teams in this division who are, who are you know, average at the end of the day. I mean, I always, I always feel like I talk about it to you, Steve, when, whenever he come, whenever we come on. But you know, again, uh, there's been the the usual because he's had the England cap and the the, the number of England caps uh, and the captaincy with Rooney. But at the moment, week in week out, he's he's putting proper performances in for Manchester United, mature performances, the sort of performances that do get you into in, in, into competing for things. The, listen, when me, you, and Gibbo get together, it ends up becoming some kind of loving across all three sides of, of Wayne Rooney, and you know that, that you know. But that's that you know. I've said to you so many times before. You know, I think I remember sitting in your studio two or three years ago, and I said, you know, he's he's, he's already something like fourth or fifth in United's all-time leading goal scorer. The guy's a massive influence at Manchester United, and you know, I think he's proven over the last two or three games just how important he is. But you know, I, I, listen, we'll we'll. we'll We've got a lot of progress to make. You know, we've got a lot of good players in midfield and attack, but we've still got an absolutely fragile defence. Um, you know, we haven't decided yet on what does our back four look like when our, you know, our main back four or back five or however many or back three. You know, if you believe the papers, we don't even know what that looks like yet. So until that gets settled down, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not overly convinced. But you know, we've got 
you know, a decent run of fixtures now. The whole game was important. We've got um, Stoke on Tuesday night, which you'd expect United again to put a fourth win on the bounce. Uh, are you, are you going the to their place? Are you going to Stoke? Is it it's Stoke away? It's at Old Trafford, so it's Stoke yeah. at home. So you would fancy to get that one in there. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, and then, you know, and then... Um, Southampton away. That, Southampton yeah, away. Do you know what? I, I, you know, God, I can't. I don't think I can handle that. That's basically become the Euro where that's become like Moscow that <laughs> everybody's looked at that everybody's looked at that as an away pitch and thought right Southampton somebody actually said to me this afternoon I thought it was brilliant is our coach goes at half ten the monkey bus goes at half ten on Monday and somebody actually said that goes at the same time that their day trip to the Moscow Champions League final actually left that <laughs> God only knows what that's going to look like but, uh, but yeah I think um I think Southampton, again, everybody thought, you know, yeah, great. Yeah, somebody always pops up. I think the only team that's ever popped up in that sort of top three or four, you know, and, and stayed there, I think it was that Ipswich side when everybody yeah. said they're going to drop away, they're going to drop away, and they actually stayed there. Everybody else always drops away. There's always been a side that stays up there. And I think as well as Southampton have done, I think City absolutely tore them to pieces and actually not only won, but showcased what, the differences between a really top-class side is, and and I expect United to go at Southampton on Monday night and do the same thing. Um, and I, you know, and I think that's ultimately something that uh, if we don't do that, I'll be pretty disappointed with it because I think I said it in the last fanzine, our away form is what's really disappointed me most. But I accept change. I accept the fact that you know we're going to have you know regime changes, we're going to have formation changes, there's going to be some adjustment. You know, these are people who are paid an absolute fortune to play football and I expect them to make adjustments to whatever Van Gaal brings to Manchester United. Out of way form, you know, if you bear in mind, take take away the Arsenal win. You know, you've got the West Brom draw, you've yep. got the Burnley draw, you've got the Southampton draw, you know, you've got the defeat of Leicester, which was an absolute shambles. Out of way form just hasn't been good enough. So there's still a long, long way to go for United. And I think the Southampton game is where we need to frank what happened at Arsenal and prove that, you know, we can go away from home and, you know, and prove that we've got the muscle to actually get stuck in. It's uh, the, the Southampton away uh, for United it, uh, and for Southampton as well now feels like a real barometer game, John, in that, you know, it's City gave them the sort of beating in their own ground. It's it, it, not unlike what Real Madrid did to us this season, yeah. you know, when it's where it's 3-0, uh, period of that game, they were down to 10 and that's when they got the other two goals and it just felt like it was akin to going, you're this good, but basically we've got, it's the old the old image of the uh, the bigger boy with the hand on the head of the smaller boy who's running <laughs> and trying to throw punches. That's what City did to them and when yeah. that happens to you, I think it's the sort of thing that really can kill the confidence of a team. Yeah, and, and they've been they've been flying on in terms of confidence in terms of their defence as well. And then when when someone tears you apart with, with ten men, which is what they did from from one nil to three nil, you know, it, it does start doubts creeping in. And they they'll know what everyone's saying. Southampton is cool. Everyone everyone's you know saying what Steve just said. Oh, you know they'll fall away. They're not going to stay there. And they'll be trying to convince themselves that that's not the case. And then so when something like that does happen, you know you do need to, you do need to bounce back from it pretty quickly. So I don't know. We'll see. It is it is an interesting game that one next weekend. It's I think it's the most interesting game of next weekend. I think it's the game which which will tell you a lot about a lot of things next weekend. There's always one every single week. Steve, before you go, then I mean you know you said we're saying that's the barometer game. In the, in the context of that, Steve, you know, where, where's where's your, where's your confidence for that? You know, it's it's the sort of game that in years gone by, United pick up a two one, they pick up a two nil, they look the part. It, you, do you see your chances of being the straight cat hanging on to fourth place, coming down to results like Southampton away rather than being what you're going to do at home? I just 
scope. Whoever's feeding that stray cat carries on feeding us. That's my view on it. I think, I think listen, I, I'm not convinced yet. I think the Arsenal was a bit of a red herring. It was a great result. But listen, when you look at the stats and you look at the performance, we got absolutely battered in that game. And, you know, we had a couple. It was a stereotypical Euro away. The, the Wiltshire miss. I mean, well, John said anyway. John said it's 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 the quintessential Jack Wilshire game in that he, uh, you know, in that he, 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 he missed a big chance. He should have got sent off. He ran around a lot. And then he got injured. You know, it's, it's, it's that's that's everything he's ever going to achieve in football in one football match. There, I mean, the Wilshire miss was it was yeah. it, it was bigger than Ronnie Rosenthal. That for me, it was ludicrous. He basically kicked it at the at the goalkeeper. My my biggest fear, right, and we were saying this on the coach on the way down. Which, and again, this was another momentous day out, which I perhaps might tell you when we're not on live radio. <laughs> is um, is um, our biggest fear was that everything we've ever said about Danny Welbeck, which was that he's just not good enough and that he's not capable of performing at the top level. You know, would come home to roost, and that he, you know, he'd end up scoring two or three or whatever. I think the fact that Danny Welbeck proves what a lot of United fans have always said. I think that was a difference because it's typical Arsenal. You know, the uh, yeah. you know what was going on in that sort of midfield to the penalty box was as you know as attractive as you could possibly ever wish to see on a football pitch. But deep down, they didn't actually do a lot, and even you know, I know De Gea made quite a lot of saves, but they weren't sort of. He didn't make a great one, did he? No, he didn't make a single great save. They weren't exactly, you know, at full stretch, tipping it over the bar or, you know, the spike left. They, they were just basically blocks that, you know, any defender could have made. So it, it, I, I, I just don't think, uh, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that Arsenal were as clinical enough, and they paid the ultimate price, and they paid the ultimate price largely because, for once, that Manchester United have now got even though he's now injured, like, you know, pretty much everybody else who's signed for the club in the last two years. Um, Di Maria is now injured. And, uh, you know, we've got absolute pace in that side now, breaking forward. And, and that was the difference. Indeed. All right, Steve, go and have a good night. Uh, say hello to everyone there and uh, best luck. I think you're, you're, you're probably going to come home with the uh, with, with silverware, aren't you? Well, you, you know, you'd hope so, but we're not presuming anything. But um, You've got to go put a stint in. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Can I just say one quick thing before I go, Neil? Go on. I thought the uh, ticket price protests from the uh, from from what went on at your weekend was absolutely spawn. Thanks, Steve. That's fantastic. Steve Armstrong there from United We Stand. We'll leave him to go and have the rest of his uh, the rest of his big Monday night. Uh, all in the game with Neil Atkinson and not Dave Darney, but with John Gibbons. After the break, we've got Martin Cloak, who yesterday saw Spurs turn over Everton two one in their own ground. It's all in the game with Neil Atkinson and David Downey on City Talk 105.9. It is all in the game, Neil Atkinson, not with David Downey, but with John Gibbons instead. Uh, we're just trying to sort out getting Martin on the line now. Um, I am just passing Carlos my phone there so we can crack on with that, John. Uh, we watched Everton versus Tottenham, which is convenient, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was almost like we knew. It was almost <laughs> like we knew. Um, well, I didn't know, to be fair. Uh, but no, we, we went out and watched Everton versus Tottenham. We're going to get Martin on in a second to discuss uh, Everton versus Tottenham, or more accurately, Tottenham versus Everton. Because one of the interesting things about the game was the Pochettino reaction to the first Spurs goal, calling on the crowd. And it was also the idea that Spurs, you know, they, they, they seem to have had a bit of a troubled relationship with White Hart Lane in the season. There's been a bit of barracking and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's it's... It, it feels like it was a big win for them. It was a big win. Uh, it, it was a massive win, really. And I think it was interesting. Was from from a Tottenham point of view, was the effort really? And I know, I know, you know, we, it's easy to say, oh, you know, they, they, they tried harder, but you know, I think the pressing was was probably the best. And when you, when Pochettino is associated at Southampton with you know his high pressing game and 
they found it hard to kind of implement that in Tottenham, and I think that's a few reasons behind that. First of all, I think it's a harder, just generally harder to implement than, than it's people It's a hard think. thing to do. It's much yeah. harder. It's not running loads. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 you know you, you need to, you need to have a system in place. You need to know exactly what you're doing. You need to time it right. And so you know it's it's it has took him you know evidently this longer. We might might say you know there's been signs of it before, but from from watching from a little bit from afar for Tottenham, that was the one that seemed to be you know you played off the ball most like Southampton did last season and Everton found it really tricky and and but then I think the crowd responds to that as well as you rightly point out they've had a funny relationship with White Hart Lane and there's been a few things been said but you know when 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 fans can see you know that much of a shift kind of put in you, you know you do respond to it it does kind of get you going and you you know you you think well you know they, they want this result as much as we do and, and then you know that carried them through um we've got Martin now to join us on the line he's probably heard a little bit of that from you John is that was that the case I mean it was it is interesting that the White Hart Lane thing this season it does seem to have been you know it's at least been a story even if it's not necessarily accurate Martin it's it seemed like something for for Spurs to get over whereas yesterday you know those players most definitely performed I think yeah, there was a bit of a turning point, and I think I think you were right just then. I think the crowd do respond to to seeing players put in a shift, and there was one particular incident that I think uh, for me stood out, which was uh, in in the second half. I was slightly unsighted from where I was sitting, but I think it was Ben Davis uh, was in a real tussle with about three or four Everton players, and he just emerged from this forest of legs after really struggling for the ball and just kind of strode out and set up another counter attack, and there was this throaty roar that just echoed around all the stands in there. And it was like, you know, at last we've got it back. And I think that was the real difference in that performance, that, you know, especially against Stoke, I think a few of us said that, you know, we weren't winning second, third, fourth or fifth balls. And yet I think <laughs> we won every second ball yesterday. Uh, uh, and, there, you know, there, there was a real shift put in and the crowd responded. But I think you, you were talking about, you know, the, the, the story this season. And I think, you know, some people say, oh, well, you would say that because you're biased. But I think that for, for years there's been this media narrative about, Spurs fans are fickle, uh, and it's like kind of characters in a in a in a in a film or in a situation comedy, isn't it? Every everybody takes on their characters. So I think that any criticism from from the Spurs crowd uh, is immediately seized on by the media as, as as being much more than it is. I don't actually think the Spurs crowd is that much more critical than most crowds are when their team's not playing that well, actually. But I just think that there is this narrative about you know Spurs fans are hard to please, so therefore. It's always blown up a bit more. I think this is I, I think this is actually an interesting football thing. Full stop. I read a piece uh, recently. I can't quite remember where it was. Where German a uh, German supporter uh, came to a game. It might have been even at Anfield. It's, couldn't believe uh, had the shock of the fact that it was quite quiet. And it wasn't as though and he simply said it. Everyone's watching the football, John. And you know, yeah. you put in your piece at the weekend um, about about Liverpool when the crowd responded to Liverpool this weekend, big time in the second half. You know, this is it's partially through this idea that you, what you've done with ticket prices is you've allowed a world where there can be resentment to to brew and to come. If you're charging people fifty quid, John, then they they are going to feel like you know, come on, entertain me. And that happens at Spurs. It happens at Liverpool. Yeah, people people watched football games in in different ways. Um, I went to watch Levante last season in Spain, and they've got a kind of an ultra section, if you like. And, you know, half of them aren't even watching the pitch. They're turning around, kind of orchestrating the other fans, and they're just chanting halfway through. And it doesn't really affect by what's going on on the pitch, what they're doing. They're just kind of there, and they're supporting the team. You know, the guys with megaphones. And you think, oh, that's great. Wouldn't it be great if we did that? But then they're paying 15 euros to get in. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you start charging them 70, well, first of all, half of them can't afford it. And then the other half go, well, I'll tell you what, I've been playing 70 euros. I'm watching the game. And they're best good players. <laughs> yeah. And I want to, yeah. And I expect to see, you know, see a certain thing. I expect, you know, and I want, I want them to, I want them to be good. So, you know, we have, we have changed, you know, in this country that the way we watch football and, you know, the, the type of person who goes and maybe, maybe, you know, there's a lot of us who are kind of still there. So, you know, but, 
So you can't really maybe look too much into that. But I think I think the way the way we you know maybe our expectations are higher, and you know football clubs have to look at that. That's the situation, isn't it, Martin? I think I think that you know it's and it's even more the case in London, and it's it's a very difficult thing. I think to to you you don't address it overnight, and it's it's easy to point blame at a crowd. But as I say, if you're paying fifty quid, sixty quid, if they are gonna if they are telling you repeatedly you're a customer, then maybe some of you are going to act like them. I think that's right, but I think it's a bit tricky because I mean, personally, I've got a lot of response. I've got a lot of um, agreement with with that argument. I mean, I'm involved in the supporters' trust at Spurs, and I think you know, on, on Merseyside, especially, there's a, there's a big thing over ticket pricing at the moment. We do a lot of work with the Blue Union and with Spirit Shankly on this as well. But I think we have to be a little bit careful sometimes because a few years ago, uh, the argument was that it was all seat stadiums that, that killed the atmosphere mm. off, and yet there's been some fantastic atmosphere in stadiums that have been all seat. Um, there's actually been some fantastic atmosphere in stadiums where people have paid a lot of money for tickets. So yeah. it, it's not it's not just that that is the issue. It's used to blame that because we do get behind the team even when we paid a certain amount of money. Of course, it's got something to do with it. And I think yeah, there is there is a lot of blame to be pointed at football, which you know, this attitude of you know we're going to exploit your loyalty. Um, you know, you're not just customers as in any other business because you've got this tremendous brand loyalty as they would look at it, and we're going to milk it for all it's worth. But then we don't like it when you turn around and maybe don't sing the right thing or you don't sing enough or mm. you know and that's where you get this resentment when players appear to blame the crowd or whatever and you kind of get into this finger pointing so I, I think there is undeniably an issue there with ticket pricing and I think that 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 is a reason that there are, there are kind of greater levels of discontent but I think we have to be a little bit careful sometimes not to say it's just down to ticket prices yeah. or it's just down to seating because it's a bit more complicated yeah, it's never that, that simple it's uh, indeed uh, the game then yesterday. Um, I thought Everton started really sharply, Martin. I thought Everton looked up for 15 minutes or so. Everton looked at uh, I thought different class. Um, <clears throat> they looked significantly better than Spurs, but it was it was a proper performance where Spurs got to grow into it. And uh, I thought that it was it, it was intriguing. I thought that uh, Barry in centre mid for Everton looked as leaden legged as I've seen him, and I like him as a footballer. I think he's a lovely player, Gareth yeah. Barry. But it did feel as though he was he was slightly overwhelmed with what was in front of him, what was behind him. Um, Kane's. Aggression, especially, seemed to seem to unsettle a lot of the Everton players. It was, you know, it was it, it was a strange performance in that. You know, it wasn't about it. It, it wasn't about sumptuous football. It was very much about grit and teeth. I think it was a, it was a cracking game of football to, to watch as a spectacle. And I think I, mean, I think you're right. Everton did start better. Uh, it was our sort of traditional slow start. Um, but it's funny because when I was walking out after the game, I saw sort of a few of the Evertonians really moaning about, you know, it's a bad performance and we should have done better. Uh, I, I think. You know, I think we deserved a win. Maybe there's a bit of bias in there as well. But I think if it had been a draw, nobody would really have, uh, have, have denied you know, that, that Everton deserved that. I think they put in a decent performance. But what was, I think, in the first 60 minutes, I think Aaron Lennon uh, was absolutely outstanding for us in terms of the, you know, the problems he caused going forward, but also his tackling back and his aggression as well. So you combine that with Kane and also with, with Bentaleb and Mason in the middle, who I think really did get stuck in as well and didn't really give, you, give Everton much space to, to play. Uh, I think that really made a difference to us. And it was noticeable that when Lennon went off on 60 minutes and, and Lamella came on, who's a different sort of player, uh, it suddenly Everton were back in the game again. And I thought that you know, probably for the last 15 or 20 minutes, we were on the back foot a little bit as well. It's it's interesting that you pick up on that Everton um, crowd reaction, and I think um, from what I can gather from speaking to Evertonians, I think the reason that may there may be sort of a glasses a bit glasses half empty at the moment is they're a little bit sick of losing good games of football. 
and <laughs> yeah, no, and, and they'd actually quite like to j- just win a few bad ones. You know what I mean? And that was like I was I was chatting to a couple of Evertonians. Like, to... At Old Trafford, they, they, they put a great performance in at Old Trafford. Yeah. It was a really good game. Yeah. They got beat two one. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think I yeah. think Everton kind of feel that not just this season, but just kind of over the years generally, they've done quite a lot of that, and they've maybe seen enough of it. And there was a game um, a few weeks ago. Um, it was a home game, and they won three nil, and nothing really happened. And I spoke to a couple of seasons ago holders afterwards, and they couldn't have been more delighted with with, <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. with, with, with every part of that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's what that's what kind of proper football teams do, and that's what we've argued about Liverpool as well. Is they don't, they don't seem to be kind of capable of that. So I think that's the that, that's the thing with Everton. You know, they don't, they, don't, they don't really want to be this team who. Oh yeah, they were good. They were they they did great and turned up, and, and you know, but, but we essentially we ended up beating them. Do you think some of it's expectation as well? Because I think that's something that we've struggled with probably since Spurs had that that season in the Champions League. That people have got an idea of where they think the club should be, and I think that uh, you know I got the impression that at the end of the Moyes era there was a, there was a lot of depression and people felt we're standing still a little bit. Martinez is a good manager. He plays exciting football. He's progressive. He's encouraging. Things look really good. Everton had a good season last year. They started off well this year. Uh, and do you think it's a little, almost a bit of a case of you know we're expecting that we should be doing better than this, but actually it's still a little bit of a work in progress as I well. Which it, no, nobody really likes to admit about their own team, do they? But no. sometimes be realistic. I think it's also hard. I mean, we're discovering it this year. I think Spurs have discovered it as well, and they've been putting up with it for two or three seasons. When you're also in Europe, you know, I think that this and it's for Everton. Certainly, when you're going to keep try and keep playing, and they're taking the Europa League brilliantly seriously. To be fair to them, and I, I think they've got a good chance of going going pretty far. And they had a great result on Thursday against Wolfsburg. Yeah. And, they, and you know they look the part in that competition, but it's hard. It's hard to you know you do feel sometimes like the games do come thick and fast, and when you don't get results in them, you do it does begin to almost do your head in a bit. Really, you're thinking, well, what have we got to do here? But when's this going to stop being like this? And yeah, they're in a run now, Everton, where you know the I think that I think Martin, I think they're in they're in decent. I think they're in better shape than they think because I think yeah. you know they've now played five of last season's top seven. One of the others is them. So they've only really got they've got a game against City coming up, and apart from that, this is an opportunity to make hay. And so I think if they can, you know, that's that's what if if I was an Evertonian, I think Spurs are in a similar position as well. You, this, this, and this is why I think it's I've got we've, we had Steve Armstrong on in part one from United We Stand, and I think that this this idea of who's going to come third, who's going to come fourth, I actually think a certain amount of it's going to be defined in the next six or seven league games. And this is the time I think for sides like Liverpool, Everton, Spurs, Manchester United, and Arsenal. Arsenal have got so much experience at it where you. Put Put that run of games together. You get your five wins from seven, and suddenly you look you look, you look almost unstoppable for that third or fourth place finish. Yeah. And that, yeah. that do you think Spurs have got that in them at the moment? I think it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. That I think that you know, there's maybe sort of four, five, six teams that, that are in with a chance of, of getting those spots below. You know, Chelsea and Man City seem to be so far ahead of everybody else at the moment. Um, but a lot of it will depend on the games. I mean, you know, in the next few weeks and before the new year, we've got to play Man United at home and Chelsea away. Uh, we've got Chelsea at home, I think, in, in mid-January. Mm. So that that's going to be a, t- a tough series. Again, United seem to be discovering their mojo a little bit at the moment as well now. They seem to be getting it right. So, um, And I think some of it will come down to the, the strength in depth, which is maybe wherever to fall down a little bit. Have they got the depth in the squad? But I think it's a much more subtle team. Spurs potentially have got the depth in the squad if a lot of these players are as good as as you know, we think they can be, um, but we haven't really got the settled team. And when you do, maybe, pre- maybe we found the team actually. There was, there was well, the one that went out on Sunday. Well, when you're doing a pressing game, you need, you know, as as Pochettino wants to do, and as 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 worked effectively for Spurs, you need to be playing with these lads every week. You've got to have someone who leads it, someone yeah. who knows, and you've got to be able to trust that everyone else will do it. And what you said before about the idea that you know you can you swap Lamar in for Lennon, and suddenly if you know if one player hasn't got that that intensity, then that's where everyone play everyone plays around that. One one player and that can get you in trouble whereas you know if you can get that settled side and everyone knows the job then you can be in better shape 
That's right. That, but I think it's also difficult because it, it's one of those things that's easy to say as a fan. I suppose we don't sort of understand in terms of you know the, the athleticism that's required and what goes through the training. But I, I never quite buy into it at this stage in the season. I know it's a squad game now, but this is the start of the season. This is not towards the end of the season. Uh, and towards the end of the season, you'd be thinking, OK, we've played lots of games and the games are coming thick and fast. You can understand the players being tired. But uh, do you really need so much squad rotation to play two games in a week, three games in a week at this stage in the season? Well, what's interesting about, it's interesting because Chelsea aren't rotating at all, hardly at all. No. You know, they just, they just I mean, they, 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 they seem to be able to rest in the last half an hour. Very athletic games, side, which, isn't which it? Really but yeah, yeah, Chelsea are a big athletic side. You know, they're playing Champions League. It doesn't get, you know, any, any kind of tougher than that. But, you know, it's... Nine or ten of the, the players always seem to be the same. I think I, I think Chelsea have. Uh, I've got this. My my Chelsea theory is that Chelsea have gambled on a big start. Is that Chelsea have said? I think that. I think it's a funny thing. Football. We say, I said this quite often. That you, it's pro- probably the only sport in the world where people expect expected to lead practitioners to be at tip top level week in week out yeah. for nine months, which you you don't do for um you know you don't tennis players build towards Grand Slams etc etc athletes build towards World Championships and, and Olympics. Uh, yeah. No one. So you, I think there's an element of that. But I think I think seasonality is in there, and I really feel this year that Chelsea have. I had a look at it. I had a look at what Ferguson did at 12-13 when City were last defending the title. And I wondered if Chelsea have gone, we're going to be as fit as we possibly can for the first half of the season. Hopefully blow them away. Then coast a little bit and hopefully we'll still be in Europe and we can finish strongly. And I, th- I think that that's, you know, I, I wonder if that's what they've done. And that's why they're able to do that at the moment. But I, I could be wrong. Where do you think you'll finish, Martin, from here? Um, I think it, I, I, I thought probably fifth or sixth at the start of the season, to be honest, and I think it will probably be fifth or sixth. I can't quite see us um, sticking there. With all the changes that we've had, um, you know, there will probably be a little bit more change in January as well. It's the first season um, that Pochettino has been in charge, so uh, I'd, be, I'd be fairly happy with that. Maybe, maybe a trophy. Um, but I can't quite see us breaking into fourth. But, it, you know, it depends on, on what happens elsewhere. You know, I mean, Liverpool have got a real issue. I think this year, I think there's a lot of similarities between Spurs and Liverpool over the past couple of years. And, you know, what Liverpool are finding now is this uh, bringing in lots of new players to, to replace the genuine superstar. How does that affect the balance of the team? How do you cope with playing those extra games, you know, back in Europe again? And Liverpool had the advantage of, of not having that extra set of games mm. last year as well. So there's so many different factors in there. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would expect us to be challenging for four, but I think that would be a massive bonus if we get there. Um, anything above six, I'll, I'll be happy with. Excellent, thanks, thanks so much, there, Martin. That's Martin. Martin Cloak there joining us. Written loads of excellent books on Tottenham Hotspur and indeed modern football. You want to try and check them out. Uh, after the break, me and John Gibbons will talk about that. We'll talk about what we we think is going to happen for the Merseyside clubs. This is all in the game. Don't go anywhere. It's all in the game with Neil Atkinson and David Downey on City Talk One Hundred Five Point Nine. It is indeed all in the game. Neil Atkinson and John Gibbons this week seeing you through until 7 o'clock here on City Talk 105.9. Thanks a great deal to Martin there for part two. Part one, very much enjoyed Steve thinking his sentences one sentence ahead uh, just to check that he wasn't going to say anything inappropriate for the hour as you drive home through Liverpool this evening. Um, it's I, I, I've never, I've, in my head, John, I've never really remember a season quite like this where you know, normally by now there's at least the feeling of you know it's going to be it's going to be two from three for third or fourth. It's going to be it's going to be one from six for for fourth. It it really doesn't feel you know it, everything feels so up in the air. Liverpool have been dreadful if we're all honest about it, and yet they find themselves only only uh, five points or six points possibly off fourth place. It is five five points. You know, with, with with thirteen games gone, you know that's that's if it was you know twenty eight games gone, then you'd feel as though it was beginning to ebb away a little bit. But there's so much football left to play for both Merseyside 
side clubs. It's it, it's such a strange, strange year. It is, and you can make a case either way for, for more or less every team, really. You know, you can say, you know, you can could, you could talk about Man United and say, well, they're, they're looking better and they're likely to get it together and they've got a lot of class, but then, you know, as Steve says, you know, maybe they haven't played that really that well. At, you, know, you know, they've got these huge problems at the back that they're going to still have. And, you know, Tottenham, you know, it seems like it could go either way. You don't really know where you stand with them. Um, Everton, are they are they going to sort of kick on or, or a couple of injuries? You know, how much does that affect them? Are they looking tired both in the mid in midfield and, and, and at centre-half now? I mean, they miss McCarthy so much. Yeah. Against, it was, it, I mean, it, it's been a while. It, it was almost akin to Sturridge and Liverpool, to be honest with you, the yeah. extent to which they just couldn't win any battles in there. Yeah, I think... I think Everton's Everton's problem has has been has been the squad, and I think I think they they kind of thought they they'd solved that, not solved it, but helped it. This situation, I think they had they had quite high hopes for both for Besic, um, and and it kind of hasn't really, hasn't really happened. And I think it's a case of a couple of other fringe players as well. Um, you know, it's not it's not it's not really happened for them. You know, and they're not looking like they're able to come in and just and just give you a seven or eight out of ten performance. You know, you know, not not say you know, you've got to be kind of world beaters, but but just come in and do and do a job for you and. Barry, Barry, Barry found it tough, and you know it's not going to be like that in every game. You know, not everyone's going to have the energy that Tottenham had, but 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 he did, but he did find it tough, and, and the game was slipping away from him. He, he was start, starting to look his age, wasn't he? And you know, Bessage wasn't able to kind of seemingly cover him, or or maybe it's, maybe it's just a lack of understanding thing, and maybe maybe that'll come over time. But you know, he didn't he didn't seem to be able to, be able to cover for Barry as, as as well as McCarthy did. Indeed, I think it's a, and then you know, on top of that, you've got the complication of Southampton having put so many points on the board yeah. already. You know, it's it, the if they can get a result against United next week, if they got themselves three points there, it would feel enormous for them, I think. And then you know, there's there's Liverpool in there as well, big big three points at the weekend, and I I, I think that the, the the season is now in a crucible. I don't think because of the the rate at which the games now come, Liverpool have got. Uh, let me tell you, John, how many games Liverpool have got? Nine games. Um, from the first, from today as we speak until the first of January, Liverpool yeah. play nine times, yeah. and this is where this is where entire seasons are defined. Now it, yeah. it is that old. It feels a little like we. I think our last season we were saying, you know, in terms of going for the title, there was points in the season where you felt like we were we were at an old sort of nineteen eighties distance of being able to kick on. Yeah, and it, this now feels like a nineteen eighties season wherein you know these days I, I say you know the the old cliche of it's not a sprint it's a marathon I think has, has ebbed away. You know, I have, for the title I think it's a four hundred meter race, eight hundred meter race do two laps and you've got to run them pretty much as fast as you can whereas I do think that for, for third fourth this season this is it's an old style going to be an old style December an old style Christmas run of you know Liverpool of Arsenal at home Burnley away Swansea at home Leicester at home where these games are the games that are going to pretty much put, put the people as, as I said in the 80s get people in contention who are or aren't yeah I mean if you want to carry on with the race analogy there's there's a there's a huddle of people isn't there and you know you, everyone's kind of looking at each other to see who's going to kick yeah. and who, who's going to kind of go and, and and then and then who's who's able to go with them and you know you could you could you can make an argument for everyone as you say you know I think I think Liverpool's concern is that he seems to be going back to the idea in his head that there's he's only got sort of 12 or 13 and he can trust and from one when we've got a situation where you know as well as Everton us in the summer we're going well you know we seem to have a bit more of a squad now he's now going you know it, it seems to be that the lads the lads on on Saturday plus one or two more that, that he'd fancy picking well as you quite right point out there's nine games 
coming up and he can't just keep using them and using them. You know, you can't just run Lucky Lambert into the ground. You know what I mean? The poor fella looked done in by the end that he's, you know, got another game Tuesday and we won't even put Pavini on the bench. So, you know, he's, he's there's going to be a lot of games of football for him, whether he likes it or not, really. And, you know, a few others, yeah, we've Lucas did really you well. Ring, he's ringing Ballow every, every night. How are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's it feeling? Yeah, well, exactly. Well, well Balotelli seems, seems, seems no, no nearer to coming back. And, you know, Lucas Leiva's another one played really well on Saturday. You know, I've been, you know, I think a few of us here have been saying, you know, he should be getting picked, but then, you know, he doesn't solve every, all the issues because he's still got to go off on 70 in that game, you know. I mean, he wants to get Gerard on, but it was Lucas who really had to come off. So, you know, is is Lucas ready for this big December on his own, you know, or is he, is he somebody you want to kind of bring in, in and out and who who you're bringing him in and out with? So, <laughs> it's a it's it's a real interesting one for Liverpool, really, and you you'd be hoping by now that you know more of the, more of these new players would be would be stepping up, and it doesn't necessarily seem to be the case. I think it's the it's the, it's the other thing as well, which worries me. I'm why I think United are I'm concerned about United now in this moment is because you know fundamentally you go into Leicester, and if Sturridge was fit, I mean you know, but it's not not about Sturridge; it's about having another world class genuine like you know, it's having someone who terrifies the opposition, someone who everyone else can look around the dressing room and think he's good for one or two today and I think that that's 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 what you need for, for to, to get out of trouble to to get through so you can have a you know a pretty mediocre 60 minutes against Leicester because it's it's come too too close to the Stoke game knowing that if you play well for 30 you'll create three chances and this fella will stick at least one yeah. of them probably two of them into the back of the net and he'll be pulling and creating space for more people and that's where you know I, I didn't think he was great against Spurs but that's an advantage Everton have got with Lukaku Lukaku I think you know I've, I've whenever I've seen him this year I think he's he, you know, he's not quite near where you know necessarily even near the, the price tag that he ended up getting last summer, John. But he's so dangerous. He's so big. He's so strong. He's looking to constantly create space for himself. He can have poor games. He's got poor games in his back pocket. But you're not telling me at any points during that game yesterday the Spurs defense weren't really worried about him. Yeah, I mean his record's phenomenal. You know, you forget how many goals he's scored. You know, for such a young player and for that style of striker as well, that only tends to really blossom later in the you know, in his in his career, you know, to, for, to, for him to have got the amount of goals he's got, you know, shows that, you know, he is a constant danger. And I think you're right to say with Liverpool, you know, haven't really got that. And, you know, we haven't got any, we don't get cheap goals as well at the moment. And cheap goals are great, you know, the fans, you know, just out and off. And we have to work so hard for all our goals. <laughs> we have to work so, so hard for them. Got, got Glenn Johnson blinding himself Ex- with blood. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what it takes for Liverpool to score a goal. You know, actual wounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the moment. And, for, you know, for, for for Man United, you could just you know seemingly oh yeah, bit bit of there's there's half a yard for Van Persie and his rifle did in the top corner. You know, to have someone who can do that for you, and and as you say, it everyone else kind of relaxes a bit more if you say, well, he's you know he might not score today, but you know he's, he's a good chance he's good with, and you know you're not you're not as nervy with your chances then. You know, Liverpool players all kind of look at each other at the moment, thinking, oh, if I don't score, I don't know, I don't know who's going to. Yeah, who's going to? If we don't do this, I don't know who's going to yeah. get it. It, all, it feels a bit like that with the set pieces as well. I think for Liverpool at the moment, it feels as though there's this desire to take a great set piece like take an absolute blinder because one it's the only way in which we're going to score from them and two it's the only way we're going to score full stop and so you're seeing these lads absolutely killing themselves and then people beating themselves up when they haven't scored when they haven't put it in the back of the net and it's I think that that's you know that, that's where I think having certain characters around and this is again where I've been impressed with Everton is, is, is people like Naismith and, and Eto who, who, who do manage to sort of to calm the attacking play down I think we talk a lot about calming defences down John but there's a lot to be said for having footballers who can sort of calm your attacking down yeah, and 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 Sammy Eto is the man for that. Is he's just been great. I love him. 
Can you get him on? <laughs> Can we get him on? Have you got his number, Carlos? <laughs> Give him a ring. I want to tell him how great he is for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he's brilliant. And he's just a fantastic attitude as well. He's come in. You know, he's a, he's a huge star. You know, Eto is a big name. He's just he's come in. He's, he's got stuck in. You know, he'll he'll play when you pick him. If not, he's, you know, he, does, he doesn't seem to mind too much. He'll just kind of help out where he can. He, he's been a he's been a phenomenal been a great season. Sub. Yeah, exactly. Which which is which is hard to do, and not every player can do it. Um, you know, he's he's played in a couple of different positions. He's played a bit deeper, and you know, he just he just seems to he seems to be like you know he's he's as you say he's gonna he's gonna be a good influence on them as well. Excellent stuff. That's all in the game this week. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to Martin. Thanks to Carlos for producing us. Thanks to John for coming in. I think he's been a good downy. It's all in the game on City Talk One Hundred Five Point Nine.